0: CZWLP Conroe and 106.1 KZCCLP Conroe and worldwide on the IR Well, good
1: morning, ladies and gentlemen listening to the Weekly Business Hour. I'm Rick Schissler, and I'm proud to be your host today. I'm also a Silver Fox advisor and the founder of OneBestConsult.com. We're broadcasting today live from the studios of Lone Star Community Radio, located right here in downtown Conroe, Texas, one of the fastest growing cities in America. So if you want to do business, check out Conroe, that's for sure. All of Montgomery County, in fact, is just blooming, booming, excuse me, booming, and I guess sort of blooming as well, with great business activity. Quick business thought for you today, I hope that maybe you can use. Uh, Mel Kleiman, who's been a great friend of the show, he's been on a number of times, uh, to me, one of the leading experts in the country on hiring people and developing people. Uh, Mel has a program now that he talked about the last time he joined us a couple of months ago, called the Five Star Employee Program. And one of the things he talked about, and it struck me, I was doing some reading this past week, is the unique employment proposition. It's easy to forget about things like that, but the unique employment proposition, UEP, try not to forget that. And if you recall, if you, if you listened to the show and if you didn't, it's a simple process. You make yourself unique to your employees, particularly your potential employees, Give them a reason or reasons to come to work for you. It's very important. You know, today it's hard to hire people. We read about it. We hear about it. And in many cases, you're listening. You experience it. But if you can make your company unique, and there are lots and lots of ways to do that, it's not that difficult, but you've got to focus on that. So make yourself a true five-star employee and adopt a unique employment proposition for your company today. If you need more information about that or want to re-listen, you can go to our website, IRLoneStar.com, the radio station, click on this show, and that last visit with Mel is posted there. Or if you just want to send me an email, I'll be glad to send you further information. It's Rick, or I-C-K, at IRLoneStar.com. Well, the Weekly Business Hour, I'm proud to say, is we're Montgomery County. And businesses now throughout the world come to talk about the latest in business news, ideas to improve their business, and be part of conversations that can make a real difference in what they do in their businesses. And today, I think we've lined up a good show. But before we get started in the show itself, I want to remind you of a couple of things. The show is broadcast live on YouTube and Facebook. So if you'd like to see us here uh, on the show, then just go to Facebook or YouTube Find the weekly business hour page, click on it, and you can watch as well as listen. And again, my email address, I want to make sure it's out there. Love to hear from people. If you've got a business challenge in your own business and want some advice, drop me an email. Again, rick at irlonestar.com, And I respond. In fact, we have a mailbag segment, which we're going to talk about later today. Uh, Respond to someone's question on the air. So please, drop me an email at rick at IRLoneStar.com. Well, now we get rolling on the show. The reason you're here today, I hope, and listening to us, I want to introduce our two wonderful guests that we have with us. We have Brenda Weatherby, President, and Eric Stanley, Vice President of American Prudential Capital. And we're going to be talking about factoring and how it may be a good choice to finance your business. Welcome to both of you to today's show. Thank you. Thank you. Well, the conversation I like to start with anyone who comes in our studio, give a little bit of a background, just a quick background on your business background, so the audience has a little bit of a sense of who you are. Brenda, why don't you lead off?
2: Well, I started American Prudential Capital 34 years ago, and our whole focus and philosophy from the beginning was how do we build small businesses? How do we make them stronger? How do we make them healthier? And in the end, how do we make them bankable? because that is our goal. Our philosophy has always been for 34 years is we wanna work with community banks and we work with community banks in Montgomery County as well as Harris County as well as all across the state. We want to build customers for the banks that can be bankable and that can build our community and hire and prosper. So that's where we got started, that's what we do.
1: 34 years i believe you said
2: 34 years wow
1: congratulations on that
2: thank you thank you we are now a part of stellar bank uh which is about a 12 billion dollar bank uh recent merger so we were asked to join them and we have we really like that relationship they had uh just made it very possible for all of our clients to have unlimited capital, and that's really what we want, and then to transition into traditional financing.
1: Well, Eric, give us a little bit of your business background, if you would.
3: Sure. Um, I'm a U.S. Air Force veteran. Uh, I was a cryptologic linguist, Chinese Mandarin in the Air Force, Uh, and I've been doing factoring for, well, actually, for the entire 34 years, actually. Um, I was employee number one. Um, I was the guy who answered the phones and, and filed the papers and, you know, washed the broom closet or whatever <laughs> whatever needed to be done. But uh, in the last uh, 34 years, we've had a lot of success, and so it's been really fun. Uh, we've funded thousands of companies and billions of dollars in the last 34 years.
1: Well, 34 years and 34 years, wow, together, right? Uh, yeah. Almost 70 years. That's fantastic. Well,
2: you know, you were talking about giving your people a reason to work for you, his story is great but behind him are people with 29 years of service 25 years of service 30 years of service most of our employees have been with us for a long time Uh, and when you do what you said rick which is give people a reason to work for you uh, they tend to hang around
1: That's fantastic. That may be another show. I'll have you come (laughs) back and and give a testimonial. Because I personally, when I work with companies, mentor, advise, consult, whatever, uh, that's one of the major things I try to convey to small business people who are trying to build a business, Uh, create the environment, whatever, to make people want to come talk to you about a job. And people kind of look at you and say, what do you mean people? The word gets out. If you're doing it right, it gets out and then they stay. Yes. And you are going to have a stronger, better business than your competition, there's no doubt about it.
3: That's very
2: So
1: true. that's wonderful. Well, before I get too far off track, <laughs> let's, let's talk about factoring. I think it's an important financing uh, method that's out there. Uh, one of my sons uh, uh, is in the finance area and back in the very, very beginning of his career, he worked for a company that that was part of what they did. So I learned quite a bit firsthand from him. Factoring, and let's kind of just go through it. I know we've got some slides that we can put up, uh, and the first question obviously is, and I'm going to let you all take turns however you want to answer the question. So what is factoring? Let's start talking about it.
2: Factoring goes back for centuries, and I think we can go to the slide that says what is factoring. Uh, And basically, factoring is the act of selling an asset at a discount. Uh, it's been around for centuries it it was very effective back in the the day on the docks in like uh, in Georgia on the on the docks where they were bringing cotton into the warehouses and they were waiting for a ship to come in to buy the cotton and there were this there was this row of factors and it's even called factors row in Savannah uh, and it's where they would sit and buy the receivable that was going to be paid and that's the origin of the phrase waiting for your ship to come in because the cotton was sitting there and they were waiting for the buyer to come in but the farmer needed to get back to the farm so the ability to sell those receivables and get on back to the farm uh, was key for the success of the cotton farmer well it expanded from there factoring grew into transportation it grew into textiles and, and it grew into oil and gas uh, eventually. And that's the stage of its growth where we came in board 34 years ago, was when factoring really started being effective for oil and gas service companies. And so that's where we got started, buying the receivable, giving the business owner cash so that they can go back and create more receivables, and then we wait for the invoice to pay.
1: It's an interesting business. Like I said, I have a son that was in that business and I learned a lot, uh, and obviously a, a potentially just a, a great tool for businesses, particularly in the beginning of their life, so to speak, of growth. Uh, one thing you said early uh, on when you introduced yourself, when it was about the bankability, uh, mm-hmm. and so there's an end, there's a beginning and an end to this, and like you say, the end is we pass you on, customer, to a, a bank and that to me is kind of unusual and that's that relationship. Yes. Uh, what kind of relationship do you try to build with a customer because typically if success is there for the customer it's going to be temporary so to speak.
2: It is sort of. Uh, we bring the lending officer in as a part of the team from the beginning. So they know that they are connected with a lender within the bank and we keep the lender informed. We help the lender understand their business, but the relationship that we build with the client is, first of all, one of trust. We have to trust them. They have to trust us, so we have to build that kind of credibility with the client. But we also give them advice. For example, we take startup companies, and like you, uh, we advise them as they're getting started as to how they can build their business and how they can be successful. We have a recent story of a gentleman who came in and he was just absolutely an idea only. And we sat and he, had, he thought he was gonna go this way and we consulted with him and said, no, you really need to go this way. And now he's one of our best clients. But we took him from day one and, and taught him how to be in his business. Uh, he's a very bright person, he's doing a very good job and we're really proud of him, but he's just one. I mean, we've done that over 34 years so many times. So the relationship we build is one of confidential advisor, one of uh, trust, and one where they know that we have their best interests at heart, and we're not out just to make a buck, we are out to build a business for the community, for the business owner, for the bank.
1: Yeah, that's a wonderful story, and the idea that you come right alongside of people, so to speak, and help them develop their business. And again, I don't want to be repetitive, but it was always interesting. Then you pass them on to more traditional lending, if you will, being a bank.
2: That's a success for us. when We've been able to do that, and we can do that in steps. For example, with the way that we do factoring with the bank, we can take a part of the receivables, and the bank can take The remainder of the receivables so that we can do a blended relationship so they can be getting the spike funding that they need from the factoring side but they can get a traditional line in place as well so it's like they start off the factoring only they progress to a blended relationship and then when they're ready they move on to the bank line entirely until they get another spike in their growth and then they come back in and use the factoring line. So we're with them the whole life of the, of the company, uh, but we take them to traditional lending as soon as we can.
1: Yeah, it makes a lot of sense, and it's an alternative, like you say, and I missed that, was the fact that you, when they have, as you call it, a spike or a, a need, you can come back together, yep. especially if you've built a good relationship like that, yep. uh, and be there to help them hit that next high point and keep moving hopefully yeah. well you've got why does a company I know you've got a slide on this yeah. why does a company use factoring we've talked about the startups the people I guess that traditional banking is not available right um, when you start
2: Eric you want to answer some of those questions yeah
1: um,
3: you know first of all I'd like to share a story so recently we signed up a, a customer who's been in business for 12 years and uh, they're very successful um, when we looked at their uh, package uh it was you know why are they coming to a factor right and the answer was they'd had a couple of tight years last the last couple of years and can you imagine everybody's had a couple of tight years the last couple of years so they're doing fine but they're uh, they're um you know they're challenged with getting bank financing because the bank has to look at the last couple of years they have to look at you know how have they done they're not looking at the future right the banks not even really looking at today right that they're looking at balance sheets from six to twelve months ago right and so they, they the bank said look we the the lender brought it who brought it to us said look we can do about five hundred thousand dollars but they have a two million dollar need so we looked at it and we said yes we really want to do this they have great customers we like these guys they're clean all of their books are awesome You know let's do this and so we ended up um, you know putting in a facility for about two million dollars a month right so that allows them to get the financing they need to make payroll uh, you know to grow their company maybe to get some uh, you know equipment or there's some different ways you can use factoring right and uh, and so one of the uh, the the things about that company that was amazing is that when I was talking to him he was um, he was he, was, he had a bad opinion about factoring. He'd heard the, the bad stories, right, that it was expensive. Um, and it can be. It can be very expensive, right? Um, not, no, I asked him what his issue was, and he said it was you know, about 18 to 24% is what he'd heard. And, and I, I didn't quote him a rate over the phone because we have to look at docs, but I said, you know, it can be down around 3 or 4%. right? Can we take a look at it and see what we can do for you, right? And uh, he was, well, Eric, if it's 3 to 4%, that's better than the Fed. Why would I go to a bank line? And I said, there's going to be a time when you're going to want to go back to the banker who introduced you, uh, and we're going to bring you to him at the right time, right? Uh, but... Uh, you're right right now it's a great option for you um, because you're not going to get that from the bank right now right so but we can help uh, startups we love startups that are um, you know if they're one one month in business but they're you know their their payables aren't outpacing their receivables uh, they're they're uh, they're not losing money they're they're not burning money like these uh, the, these tech startups tend to do right you know if they're they're you know doing well but they they really need that um, gasoline on their fire to grow right Uh, but they don't want to give up equity or they don't want to take on or can't even take on debt right they might they might be uh, looking at uh, you know some other kinds of hard money lending and that kind of thing a lot more expensive uh, forms of funding but with a startup we can take them from the very beginning and help them grow and be that gasoline on their fire for them to grow uh, significantly fast. Um, you know, we've had companies go from $500,000 a month to two and a half million a month in a couple of months. Um, so pretty, pretty fast. Um, so rapid growth is, is a huge reason to use uh, factoring because a bank, like she was talking about, the, the, that spike, they can't take a look at that. That's outside of what they can look at, right? Um, and so they can't a- apply that to the lending uh, you know criteria and say well you sure we can increase your line but everybody comes in and says I've got a million dollar contract with Exxon or whatever you know I need I need money to go do this and and the banks like good congratulations go do it show us you can do it and then maybe we can lend you the money you need right so um, but the factoring model is is short-term finance it's money that is not long-term so um, that's another thing that i love to talk to my uh my business owners about is because use the right kind of finance for the right kind of need right so if you have a long-term need you should use long-term finance right long-term debt is a great solution for long-term need right but if you have a short-term need for instance you have a line of credit most of the time they're probably not going to allow you to draw on that to make payroll it's just one of the covenants usually but that's a short-term need that needs to be met. You need to make payroll, and it's not your fault. Your your uh, client might be, you know, paying at 45 to 60 days. You know, paychecks you know come every you know two two times a month or you know maybe once a month. Right? That's a lot shorter than you know 45 to 60 days. So you need to make that payroll. How do you do it? You can use factoring to make the payroll without having to worry about whether the bank can uh, loan against that or not. Right?
1: Well, there's a lot of great uses, and like you say, it's it's a tool. Uh, and I don't I find generally that a lot of businesses are not even aware of it. And uh, we've come up against a break. They need to take a break, but we come back. I want to talk a little bit about how you market your services, because again, I talk to small businesses, and they may have heard of it. Typically, if they've heard of it, it's been something negative, but they're not sure. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about, when we come back, how you market your business and develop the clientele that you're looking for. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take our first break of the day. I hope you'll stay with us. We'll be right back with Brenda and Eric. So we'll see you then.
0: 647-3776 to take your first step into the radio world
4: did you know that there are over 153 million orphans in the world today the sad reality is 99% of those kids will likely never be adopted core love is an organization right here in Conroe that takes care of orphan children in Haiti Honduras and India we bring the love of Jesus by providing their six basic needs of clean water proper food health care education, job skills, and a loving home. Visit corelove.org. That's C-O-R-E-L-U-V.org. Will you help defend the orphan?
1: Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to the Weekly Business Hour. I'm Rick Schistler, your host, and we're in the midst of what I think is a very beneficial uh, conversation with uh, Brenda and Eric. Uh, these folks are American Prudential Capital, as I've learned. Both have been there for since the very beginning. And I want to give you a quick reminder before we get back into our conversation that if you have some thoughts about the show, you've got some criticisms, suggestions. And again, if you have a question for business, a question for these guests, I can put you in touch. Just drop me an email, rick at IRLoneStar.com. That's rick at IRLoneStar.com. Well, Brenda and Eric, uh, we've been having, I think, a really helpful conversation about factoring and the people that use it. But one of the things that I mentioned before we went to break and during the break we talked is a a lot of small business people just don't know about factoring. And if they know something, and Eric, you kind of touched on this, it it might be just a negative thing, but they don't really know, they just heard it. Mm -hmm. How do you market your business? How do you bring in new customers?
2: For us, it's through the community banks. We want to help people who are reaching out to their community banker to find the financing that they need. Uh, They already know they need financing, so it's a logical thing for us we do a lot of networking eric does a tremendous amount of networking so network marketing is really important for us but uh, working through the lenders and the community banks is is really where we've done most of our work
1: so i'll assume that's like a referral program that you have with the bankers we do. themselves
2: yes we do. that's great yes
1: and what part of Houston or what where do you market do you market Harris County uh, Montgomery or just the world
2: uh, well not the world <laughs> but uh, if it's called Lone Star then that's where we market in the state of Texas okay yeah
1: and you have customers how far away
2: well we have customers uh, we've had customers over the years uh, as far away as Lubbock Uh, We've had customers in San Antonio, Austin, we've had customers in Corpus Christi, we've had customers in Beaumont, you know, we've had them pretty much all over the state.
1: Uh, Well, I think the slide that that was put up when we came back, kind of breaking down the market, and uh, that's really interesting, Uh, and I assume that's statewide, at yes. least, or perhaps,
3: yeah.
1: um, any yeah. comments about that? That is interesting, the industries. Really yeah. widespread.
2: Yes. Yeah, when we first started in factoring, it wasn't quite that widespread, it has really spread out into construction, transportation, manufacturing, wholesaling, oil services, all the service industries, computer technology. So it, it reaches a lot of business segments.
1: Now, is there any business seg- segment that your firm will not consider for factoring? Is any particular industry or business off-limits, so to speak?
2: Yeah. We can't fund receivables that are Medicare, Medicaid-related. Oh, sure. So that's, you know, the government doesn't allow that. So that's kind of off-limits for us.
1: When I was last in touch with it, I also, with factoring on, a, had some real conversations, which is in some years ago uh construction industry was one too that a lot of people avoided if i recall correctly
2: it 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 was one that a lot of people avoided and it is one that a lot of people still avoid Uh, we work well with construction industries Uh, it has to be uh, non-bonded type of work but we can work in the construction industry
1: that's an industry because i've I've been in that industry back when and it's an industry that i think factoring is really be helpful yes because you finish jobs and you do this and they just get slow paid Mm -hmm. no fault of your own i remember we finished a job one time and they did the final walkthrough and there were zero items on the list the punch list Uh, but it was a government job federal government job and it took six months and a trip to washington to get paid there was no dispute it just was caught and you know so yeah factoring uh, for construction makes a lot of sense
2: well and you hit on something that's really important while we can't do Medicare and Medicaid receivables we can do the Department of the Navy Department of Transportation you know Department of Army whatever we can do federal receivables we have um, the right set up with the federal government so that they can pay us directly so a lot of people can't handle federal receivables or government receivables or dot receivables, but we can.
1: Well, I got to believe that's a blessing. Okay. It is. Because when you're saying that, I'm just thinking bureaucracy. And I said, yeah. if you've cut your way through that, know how to make that work, yep. that's that's invaluable. Right. Yeah. I hope if you're listening to the program and you work with governmental entities, particularly as she mentioned, the federal government and even TxDOT, uh you need to be in touch with these people there's no doubt about it because i'm sure there are not a lot of you around that do that That's right. i'm guessing but i i suspect that's true mm-hmm. we were talking about relationships and that's always intriguing to me because business mm-hmm. is really built around relationships yes, it is. customers uh, vendors uh, advisors all kinds of relationships uh, you've got a relationship that on at first glance as i mentioned short term or with a defined term but you corrected me in a way you said no it's really long term because businesses will hit down the road they'll get as you called a spike what is your typical relationship look like as far as how does it typically somebody comes in they can use the factoring their business is growing how long before they transition say to a traditional bank either partially or completely
2: yeah I think it usually happens within the first 18 months, eighteen to eighteen months to two years. We have had clients go into traditional or, or partly into traditional and a part in the factoring and then withdraw from the traditional and move back into factoring because of the speed with which we're able to fund them. We move so rapidly that it startles people. For example, they can come in and, and apply on Monday, and depending on the industry and whether their documents are good and all of that, I mean, they could be funded by Friday. You know, it, we move very quickly. Uh, and so some companies find that that ability to quickly access money uh, without um, so many requirements is preferable for their industry. We had a guy who was into trusses, commercial trusses, and he went into a traditional line. And I'll never forget the phone call when he called. He said, Brenda, if you'll take me back, I, I will never leave again. <laughs> 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 and he didn't. And he didn't. He, he could st- he could have stayed in traditional. But for his industry, the factoring really worked well because he could upscale and downscale. And, you know, with building trusses for the commercial building industry, that is what happens. You have the, the roller coaster, right? So he could changed very quickly, uh, and that worked really well for him.
1: You know, it's very interesting to me to to hear that, because one of the things I try to work with clients is to build processes and procedures so you can stay focused on your main business, Mm -hmm. like collections. That's one of my, uh, are you in the collection business, or are you in whatever you're doing, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, in the widget business, right? And uh, they get tied up in doing collections, and uh, it's very interesting, and so by connecting with a lender like you that has that flexibility and that speed and like you say certain industries that can be a real plus uh and again what i like about it personally just an observation is i've got that relationship it's there i don't have to be in the financing business going out looking for financing all the time uh you know i've got to work on the relationship i would hope uh which i always encourage that uh nobody when they what is it the bank doesn't want to lend you money when you need money right mm-hmm. something like that the old expressions but a lot of business owners don't work on having the resource there when they need it that's it's on them yeah. and i get it they're focused on producing their widgets which is where they should be focused very interesting what else about factoring do people need to understand in general uh that would make it clear to them about what factoring is all about
2: well there are a lot of things that are uh, phrased as factoring and what they do is hide a lot of expenses that the business owner doesn't know about until he gets into the relationship. So it's really important for our community here in Montgomery County and and across the state to understand that we do not lock them into a contract that they can't get out of without paying us. There are no prepayment penalties. They don't have to factor everything that they do. They can choose what they want to factor, when they want to factor. We we try to put as much control or leave as much control in the business owner's hands as we possibly can. And we don't punish them. We don't charge a minimum fee or a minimum amount they have to factor. Uh, We truly only charge a discount off the face value of the receivable And you really can't find that anyplace else, and that's all we charge, nothing else. No processing fee, no no handling fee, no points above prime fee, none of that, just a discount.
1: You make it easy. Well, Eric, let me ask you, let's kind of work off that. I I heard flexibility is what I heard. What are some other real advantages, distinct advantages of doing factoring?
3: Well, so a a lot of customers will get to a place where they need to get, uh, you know, uh, some kind of supplies that they need for their business, right? Um, And and they can't get that bank line or whatever. Uh, Factoring can be there to help them make that, that, get those supplies, right? So they can be Uh, just like they can get a discount if they paid cash for for you know those kind of things Um, they can use us instead to get that discount and go ahead and move forward and get their uh, get their business growing it really gives them flexibility to do whatever they need to do right so um, if they need to grow uh, and they've got the receivables they can sell it to us and they can use that to grow uh, as fast as they want to grow and if they need to stop they don't need to be factoring with us we will tell them they don't need to factor with us they can wait until they need us again. And, and it's, a, it's a great flexibility for them to take, take a breather and not have to worry about that. But you know, if they have a long-term debt, that those payments are there no matter what, right? The, the cycle goes down and they still have those payments, right? With us, it's kind of built into the cost of doing business, right? Uh, the, the trust company that she was mentioning, he did that. He built the cost right into the cost of doing business. So if he used us, he didn't feel it. If he didn't use this, you know, it, it was a, a bump in his uh, income, right? So it can be a ve- great flexibility for them.
1: I was curious, uh, on a month-to-month basis, if I'm a client of yours and, and I'm doing the right things, got a good relationship, mm-hmm. it's all working. How often do you have contact with those individuals?
2: Oh, our staff is in contact with them all the time because they, they, are, they can fund one day a week, five days a week, they can fund every other week, they can fund constantly. And we are constantly monitoring the receivables and we give them reports every night. They don't have to go looking for the report. We report to them what's outstanding on their receivables and what's collected, what has come in. Uh, We talk to them every day about what what has come in and, and we send the money out to them off of what has come in. So we're in contact with them like daily.
1: Collecting the receivable. Now, when I factor, that falls into your hands. What do you do collection-wise, say that I, as the originator of the debt, I've sold the product, sold the service. Do you do anything different with collections than I particularly would do?
2: Well, I'm going to give you a piece of philosophy that I've kind of lived with for 34 years. It's more important who you do business with than that you do business at all. And so we're selective about our clients. So we build that confidence you know, that we trust them, we know what they're doing, we have confidence in them. We don't interfere with the collection process unless things go awry. And at that point, we're working with the client to heal that. But uh, mostly we work with the client. If things are getting behind, we're talking to the client so that the client maintains the open channel with the customer. You know, we, we work with all the majors in the whole state. All the major corporations pay us directly. So we have those relationships in place. But we want our clients to keep their relationship with their point of contact very
1: clear. So they don't turn over the collection to you. You let them continue to do it. Yes. But you oversee it. Yeah,
2: we oversee it. And
1: you know when something's stretched out too far that...
2: Yeah, and, and we're going to reach out to them and say, hey, you guys, have you looked at this invoice? Because it's like getting really out there. And they'll, they'll pick it up from there. So they rely on us to keep them on point. And the daily reports that we give them, we, we give them uh, advisories. We send out advisory letters say, hey, you know, you need to look at this one, you need to look at that one
1: so you're there as a an advisor yes as you use that word and I think that's wonderful
3: and, and there's one more thing too we check credit for the customers so a lot of times small businesses don't have a credit department they have no ability to, they didn't even know that they can check sometimes yeah. the credit of their customers I had a customer come to me he was like so proud that he was doing business with Chesapeake for instance when Chesapeake was on TV and it was all in the news right and I was like, "Well, that might not be a good thing for you right now. <laughs> you, you might want to let us check credit on that for you." <laughs>
1: well, I think that you're right about that. That's invaluable. Mm-hmm. And, and again, I work with small business clients, and that my expression, as I mentioned earlier, you know, you're not in the collections business. You're not, you know, AR. You've got to develop process procedures, or in a sense, a partner yeah. in a factoring company, somebody that will at least guide you. Yep. Uh, because they, they tend to get, you know, emotional and get involved in it. The next thing you know, you've got to sue somebody to collect a debt that nobody disputes. And yeah. I just shake my head. Uh, I'm doing that right now with one client. There's no dispute. There's nothing. But it's drug out for two years. Yeah. Let's talk about the pandemic just for a moment, mm-hmm. because that's two years that are kind of a, a blip in the screen. Right. Your business during the pandemic was it up or down or pretty much the same
2: well in the early part of the pandemic we were down like everybody else because everything shut down and so you know there was just no commerce going on just no commerce you know so that that was for everybody uh, a bad time but now uh during the later part of the pandemic and then all into now um businesses because uh, they lost money during 2020 and and 2021 their borrowing base with the bank is kind of out of kilter. You know, their, their financial statements are kind of out of kilter and they're a good business but, and they survived the pandemic, but now they're in the rebuilding stage. So pretty quickly after uh, business commerce started again during the pandemic, our business picked up because those people couldn't borrow what they needed and they had to have a source in order to recover.
1: Yeah, it was an interesting time. And as I mentioned, I mentor businesses, and at least the ones that I work with here in Montgomery County, small businesses, they all did well. I mean, their sales continued to grow Mm -hmm. during the pandemic, and they were a variety of businesses, Mm -hmm. a lot of consumer businesses. But still, they grew, which in some cases was really amazing to me. Now they're really, 2022 is just, you know, 20% or more. In 2023, they think will be at least 20. Yeah, that's pretty good sales growth for a small company, grow 20-plus percent.
3: Yes,
1: so yes. it's it's all going. Speaking of that, Montgomery County, I warned you. I sent <laughs> you know Crystal ball time. What do you see? I mean, you're working with businesses in Montgomery County. You've got a unique perspective, in my opinion. What do you see over the next few years in Montgomery County business-wise?
2: i think montgomery county's in the catbird seat frankly <laughs> i think that it's physically in the right place to service all the entire gulf coast region so physically uh, i i would choose montgomery county as a location cost of real estate i would choose montgomery county as a location educated labor force i would choose montgomery county as a location so I think Montgomery County has nothing but good times to look at as far as business is concerned. Everybody's concerned about, you know, what 2023 is gonna do to the real estate market, right? But if you're a business owner and, and you're looking for a place to locate, that's good news. That's very good news. Uh, I think also because so much is being onshored, that was offshore as far as manufacturing and production is concerned. Uh, If I am uh, a manufacturer looking to be close to the port but not pay a fortune for the real estate, I'm looking at Montgomery County. Mm -hmm. If I'm looking to expand my warehouses, I can pay high-end real estate prices or I can look at Montgomery County the opportunity for warehouse development, the opportunity for manufacturing development. I mean, if I sound like the I, I'm with the Chamber of Commerce in Montgomery County, I really believe that this is the best spot for growth and manufacturing and warehousing and distribution. Uh, and I, I see my little crystal ball says that we've got good times ahead for the next 30 years.
1: Eric, anything you want to add to that?
3: Yeah, I, I'm seeing it in actual deal flow. We're starting to see, you know, manufacturing in the oil field and outside of the oil field um, starting to grow. We're starting to see service companies that are popping up. Um, we're seeing a transition in ownership from uh, the baby boomer generation to the next generation. Uh, so there's actually a lot of transfer of wealth that's happening right now in Montgomery County in that area. Um, you know, mining company that's being uh, approached by companies in Europe to for them to come and invest in that mining company. They make, make mining equipment. Um, you know, uh, it, We're seeing a lot of um, interest in the area because of the strategic place that Montgomery County and Harris County and, and the Houston area all are in a great place right now. Um, they're, they're key to what's gonna be happening in, in America. Um, and what most people don't understand is, Houston and Montgomery County are a major manufacturing hub for the, for the country. Uh, it's probably the best kept secret about Houston and Harris County and Montgomery County
1: you know you make a great point I know the things I've learned here I've only been here a short time seven eight years but is the industrial parks Uh, I mean you have the ones that the city and the county have established Mm -hmm. and it just blows me away how well they've been able to bring in businesses for manufacturing I mean uh, there's a lot going on and when you start driving around kind of the outer part of the city you see these different businesses, the the big metal buildings, and you say, what are they making? Yes. It's just amazing, yes. it was an eye-opener for me. And I grew up uh, in Harris County, From uh, I was born there, grew up in a family business, and it reminds me of Harris County Houston, Harris County, maybe 20, 30 years ago yeah. when I was, yep. was just the, the growth, the attitude. Yep. Uh, I mean, they've done, they've hit a lot of buttons up here. Yes. Even developing an airport, yes. I'm just, you know, people say, what do you an airport with a custom station? Mm-hmm. Yet that brings something to the table, especially when foreign companies come mm-hmm. looking for property. So I give a lot of credit to the, the business leadership yes. in the Woodlands and Conroe and Montgomery County. Uh, and also the government leadership, uh, county commissioners, city governments, and so on and so forth. This is just an observation of what I've seen and what I read and, um, you know, so on and so forth. Yeah, they've, they've built that total infrastructure. Yes. Uh, they could do a little bit with the roads, but we won't go there right now. That's always <laughs> Houston's just as bad. <laughs> but they well they've done a pretty good job. And the one thing different than Houston, I've noticed in Houston roads are kind of deteriorating. They've yes. reached that life cycle. Yeah. Yeah. Where up here they're a lot newer yeah. because of but yeah, they, they, they do it they try very hard in my opinion to keep up with the growth of roads, but all I know is seven years ago we bought down on a little farm to market road and today that farm to market road, I was behind 10, 15 cars just coming in. <laughs> yeah. So it just it's, yeah. it's, it's grown that fast and continue to grow. Yeah. I agree. If people want to get in touch with your company, they want to ask a question about factoring or maybe discuss with you a business relationship, mm-hmm. what's the best way for them to do that?
2: Uh, reach out to us uh, via email. My email is Brenda. American Prudential Capital uh, Eric's email is Eric at American Prudential Capital uh, they can call us um, we can give the phone number um, my phone number is uh, 713-289-9415 uh, easily to reach me my phone's with me as we discovered earlier all the time <laughs> Eric mm-hmm.
3: and you can go on the web uh, American Prudential Capital you can actually um, find us on uh, Google Maps as well. A lot of people will call us right off of Google Maps um, uh, We're really easy to find on Google. We typically show up in the top three uh, on the page So um, it's really easy to find American Prudential Capital on, on the web.
1: Well, I can't thank you all enough. This has been wonderful. I've learned a few more things about factoring uh, And even feel stronger that it, it potentially is a tool that every business that is growing or wants to grow uh, should have in its toolbox and uh, yeah. can help it reach its goals Absolutely. in a cost-effective way. And I appreciate yeah. that so much. There well, ladies go. and gentlemen, we're going to take our bottom-of-the-hour break. Before we do, I want to remind you that a podcast, videocast of today's program will be posted on Wednesday of this week. It'll be out there all over social media, also here at the radio station, IRLoneStar.com, but on Facebook, YouTube. So if you miss something or you potentially want to share something you heard, uh, we would appreciate it. So check us out, the pod videocast Wednesday of this week. Second half of the show, as I promised, got a mailbag item that was sent in by Sam. He says, how can I make myself and my business more attractive in the digital world? Well, that's a big, broad question, but I'm going to offer several uh, ideas that, to me, if you'll take those and run with them, they should give you somewhat of a boost in your appearance out there and availability in the digital world and i'll close uh, today's program with my one best consult tip of the week how to build a world-class employer so stick around with us and we'll be right back with you
0: Broadcasting 24-7 from the heart of downtown Conroe, Texas.
2: Is there someone you know who is hooked on vintage aircraft? Follow the commemorative Air Force and its fleet of World War II planes, including the mighty B-17 Flying Fortress, Texas Raiders, which is based in Conroe, Texas. Texas Raiders tours locally and all around the United States, offering the public a chance to put their hands on aviation history. What could be a more perfect gift than a flight on a historic B-17? Taking to the sky on the iconic bomber is an experience that will never be forgotten. For the touring schedule, reservations, or more information, go to b17texasraiders.org or call
4: 855-FLY-A-B-17. Don't forget to download the Lone Star Community Radio app for your Google Play or Apple Store. Bring Montgomery County's Community Radio with you anywhere with your smartphone or tablet. If you are in the Conroe area, tune in on FM. That is Conroe's FM 104.5.
1: God's Garage is a 501c3 that repairs and gives away cars for free to single moms, widows, and wives of deployed military. You can help God's Garage by donating a vehicle, volunteering your time, or by monetary donation. God's Garage is located at 2106 East Davis, Conroe. If you'd like to learn more about God's Garage, visit our website at godsgarage.org. Or you can contact us, and we would be glad to come and make a presentation to your group. Hey, y'all. It's DJ Mike from Dance Diamond, Texas. Join me Monday through Friday at 8 a.m. as I count down the top 10 Texas Red Dirt songs that are packing the dance floor. I'll be featuring local artists and the story behind the hits, shows in the area, as well as new songs that make you want to dance. It's Dance Diamond, Texas with DJ Mike on Lone Star Community Radio 104.5 KCZW and 106.1 KZCC, Conroe, Texas, or online irlonestar.com.
4: Lone Star Boxer Rescue is a nonprofit organization serving Montgomery County and surrounding areas. Dedicated to the health and well being of the boxer breed. Lone Star Boxer Rescue is run and managed 100% by volunteers since 1999. Our main objective is to rescue, rehabilitate, and rehome boxers that come to us from many sources, including local animal shelters, owner surrenders, and strays. For more information about Lone Star Boxer Rescue, visit our website at lsbr.org.
0: Three seven seven six to take your first step into the radio world.
1: Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to the Weekly Business Hour. Rick Schistler here. I'm your host. I hope you've enjoyed the program so far. Uh, engineer informed me that uh, we just have a little bit of time left today, so I'm going to have to get through some subjects. And I don't like to rush things. So what we're going to do? We're going to do our mailbag segment, as I mentioned. Before the break, uh, we got an inquiry from Sam H., how can I make myself and my business more attractive in the digital world? I'm gonna give you some general ideas. Uh, This is a subject that many books have been written about, but hopefully provide a little direction to Sam and uh, maybe some others that are are listening in. And I'll hold on to that tip of the week conversation uh, about how to build a world-class employer until we visit again uh, next week. Well, let's get right to the mailbag uh sam again said how can i make myself and my business more attractive more visible Uh, my word in the digital world i think there are three basic things you've got to make sure that you're doing and there are a lot of other things as i mentioned there's just this subject uh, in my opinion looking for expertise looking for someone perhaps outside the business that has expertise in this area Uh, find someone to help you do this now beware there's a lot of people out there that say well I can get the SEO up this or I can do Uh, beware Uh, those kind of promises are they're hollow Uh, they're empty cannot do will not do Uh, they're looking to take your money but I'm talking about somebody in your own community somebody you can uh, reach out and talk to now again you can find somebody online but you want to communicate with them and talk to them and make sure they're real Make sure they can deliver. But nobody can really say, well, I'm going to get you 100 more hits every day uh, and then follow through on that. I, I've, a lot of that, I just I don't get it. But don't be a sucker. Don't let that play. But what you can do, three things you can do to be more visible. This could be on your website. This could be on emails. This could be on Facebook. Anywhere you're putting up digital information, marketing, advertising, First of all, demonstrate your expertise. Every business has to have an expertise. You've got to show what your unique selling proposition is. What is unique about your company? And you, got, you perhaps you'll need to think about that for a minute, but you've got to be able to do that. You need to understand your customers, your clients, what are their pain points? What are they looking for? And then you provide a solution, offering insider perspective that others may not have. It's not rocket science, in my opinion, but it does require some thoughts. What are people looking for? What can I provide that will help them? That they'll be convinced and happy and satisfied and come back again and again to buy from me that no one else in the marketplace really does, or at least they're not talking about it. Secondly, connect your business and personal life. One of the things, as a small business, that I think a lot of small businesses miss, but I've seen some people do this very, very well, especially on places like LinkedIn and Facebook. From time to time, mix your personal in with your business message. Uh, It's it's the idea you don't want to be, you know, well, here's my daughter's birthday or my son, you know, uh, graduated. You got to be careful with that kind of thing. But what you want to do is share passions. You want to communicate, right? You're really building relationships. And it may be thousands of relationships if it's digital. But you want to take passions, things that people that do business that you want to do business with have. For example, cycling. And I'm just pulling that one out. It's a common one used as an example. So you share that you are, you know, just finished a big cycling trip or you and your spouse uh, rode a bike from here to there, whatever and you just kind of mix that in with your business. So it's not a real in-depth level, but perhaps there's enough cyclers out there that are part of that market that you're trying to reach, part of your market, and you will begin to build a personal relationship. Not hard to do, just select things that's going on in your personal life that you feel will appeal to those people. And the last thing is start a conversation. Ask questions of people. Don't be afraid online to ask a question. Add insights that people are looking for. Build a relationship. I appreciate Brendan and Eric joining us today from American Prudential Capital. I encourage you that if your business needs financing or may need financing, reach out to these people. Talk to them. Even if you don't do business with them, they are smart people. I guarantee you. And factoring potentially needs to be available to you, if not today, down the road. And put a note on your calendar to join us again next Monday, right here on IRLoneStar.com at 11 a.m. And until next week, as I always encourage people, stay engaged and always keep your focus on what counts in your business. Thanks.